All right. Hello, hello, hello. Welcome to another episode of the Stories of Selling Human podcast. I'm your host, Alex Smith, and I started this podcast because I believe everyone in the world will someday be faced with a situation, could be business, could be personal, that requires you to create change. I think we all want to be heard, seen, and understood, but the people who get our attention and convince, persuade, or influence us are not just salespeople. There are great humans throughout all walks of life that we're drawn to. I'm going to share their stories here so we can tap into what makes us human, practice our human skills, and ultimately, we'll all become better at selling by being human. All right. This woman, I'm so excited. You know, this is a, a new season of the, the podcast, and we're bringing on more guests that uh, a lot of people may not think that their roles are in sales, but I think they are. Uh, you know, if you've heard this for a while, I think everyone in the workplace is in sales. And um, this is another person that I've worked with that I just saw right away as soon as I started working with them. They're not in the sales uh, part of the organization, let's say. They're in our professional services organization. So this person worked as a solutions deployment manager on our professional services team, really servicing our clients uh, you know, through their onboarding with, uh, with Docebo. So uh, you know, she's an experienced client support specialist. Um, she's also had a lot of uh, experience always, uh, you know, in um, K through ed education. So she's been a teacher. We've had uh, former teachers uh, as well on the podcast and, you know, customer service. So I, I feel like, you know, anybody in customer service is certainly in sales. And, uh, you know, as soon as I first met her, uh, you know, she just kind of popped off the screen to clients that she was with, and I just uh, am, am so excited to bring her on uh, to talk a little bit about what she did with us and just her philosophy with connecting with people um, and what she does every day. And um, you're going to meet her now. Please welcome none other than Cindy Bishop to the podcast. Welcome, Cindy. Thank you. Thank you. I'm very honored to get to do this with you today. Yeah. Cindy, um, you know, this is going to be fun. Um, I think there's, you know, so much of what I believe about sales, um, you know, you possess, I want to give you another compliment. It's just when I, um, I, you know, I work with a lot of people in your role at, in what we Mm -hmm. do every single day and, you know, everyone has their different approaches with things. And I just think, um, you know, your smile, how you interact, you know, people feel, like the energy through, um, you know, the zoom screen in, in my opinion. So I think you do that so, so well. And you just, um, I think you, you know, kind of make it comfortable for people to, to, to sit down and chat and they feel like it's always weird transferring over like a relationship, um, and meeting somebody for the first time. And that's what we're doing, essentially taking a relationship that I've been working with people a couple months and you're kind of trying to build a really close with relationship in just a, a short amount of time. And yes, you, you do it really well. And I just have to say that I noticed it, you know, from the very beginning when we started working together. So Kudos to you. Thank you. That's why I wanted to bring you you on and and talk a little bit about it. And, you know, so you're in a role, Cindy, that customer service or kind of professional services, like helping people, you know, kind of build a software system and kind of create that and get to know their needs. And we'll talk through why I think a lot of times, like, so while I might be the one that, uh, you know, got them to, you know, kind of select us as as a choice, 
you are certainly the one to, to make them feel comfortable and um, happy and, um, you know, kind of understand their needs at a deeply, deep level. So, but before we get into your role and just kind of your personality and, and a little bit about you, I always ask people at the beginning of our podcast, Cindy, um, when you think of the term, when I say something to you, like something like selling by being human and selling, you know, just by, by being human, what does that really mean to you? And what does that come to mind for, for you when you, when you hear something like that? For me, I think that as a human, we sell ourselves. So we sell relationships, we sell trust, we sell our innermost being. Like we, we try to, cause I know in sales, you're trying to convince someone to purchase something. Well, I'm trying to convince somebody through human connection to trust me, to be in a relationship with me. And I'm talking like professionally. And so I think that that's kind of where your podcast, I think, is really unique and strikes a chord because selling is selling, but there has to be a human connection. It can't be all about numbers. And so in my role, I get to kind of do that because I don't have the numbers. Yeah. You know what? So that makes me think like a couple things like so. Yeah, I mean, when you're you're when you don't have like, and, um, you know, you don't, you don't come to it, like needing to make something. So I think that you have a strong foundation because you could certainly, I think, even if you did have numbers still excel. And we talked a little bit about the podcast, about your new role and everything, but you kind of think of it as, as truly like from the essence, like, yes, as, as you said, the word essence, like you're just trying to connect with someone first and get them you know, to trust you and to build that yes. relationship with you. And, you know, you're actually trying to communicate the essence of, of you, right? Like, yes, to someone. very much so. So, you know, that's like a, that's a superpower. No one else, there's no other Cindy, um, you know, the way that you are, like just your personalities, your experience, like how you are with people. Yes, there might be other people that are personable, but not like you. And you, you kind of like hit on something, in my opinion, that you're, you, you kind of focus on that. You think about that. It's like, I want to bring that to the forefront, like the, the best of me. And because if people are like, huh, I'm not going to meet with another person like her, I, I, you're, you're valuable, you know, to, to them. Like every interaction is, is valuable because they're like, huh, I, I get that real version, not somebody that's just kind of, you know, like all numbers, all business, all, you know, whatever. It's like, I can mix in some, some personal stories. So, you know, I'll take that as a high compliment. It is, it is a compliment. I'm curious, like, you know, before you got to, to this role, like, have, were you always this way? You know, um, like, tell me a little bit about, you know, growing up in your family and just kind of like your environment, like where did Cindy become Cindy and, and what did that look like? Cindy, I mean, I, for I, as long as I can remember, I always wanted to be a teacher. And I think that that dry is driven by a lot of my personality. I love to teach and I also love to connect. And so I think that that's kind of where my personality can shine is in those building of relationships. Because as an educator, I have to connect with this. I have to connect with each and every student in the room. And so you learn how to do that, how to individualize every connection. So 
it's easier for me, I think, being with clients because I can do that. Because I love to do that. I love remembering people's names and I love remembering their wife's names and the vacation that they took. And, you know, oh, this is their, you know, kids first day of school. And because that, because in that you build that relationship, which then builds trust. Well, once you trust me, then you'll understand why I'm leading you down a path. So with my students, if they didn't trust me, they weren't willing to learn from me. So I think that that's the same with our clients. If they don't trust me, they're not going to, they're not going to take my best practice suggestions or, you know, the words that I say on how to, you know, configure a technical aspect of the platform. They're not going to, they won't listen to me. So that's, that's kind of how I feel about it. Yeah. When, can you think of a time, like as a teacher, cause I, I just love these stories when I just think every teacher has something where, you know, a student came in and they look at you and they, they just think, I, I, I want nothing to do with this woman. She doesn't even look like me, you know, maybe like, you know, like different ethnicities, you know, it could be different backgrounds altogether. I mean, like right, right off the bat, this is an older, you know, woman. So like, uh, I don't, you know, trust, I just automatically don't trust adults. They're, 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 you know, uh, like a new, a new adult, like, you know, I, with kids, like they, they're actually coming into your classroom for the first time. Like, and now, you know, school season is starting. Right. So like, you know, those of you parents that are bringing your kids for the first day of school, like those kids, like they're literally going in. The only people they trust are like their best friends. Like they all, they, they only care about like what, what they're wearing the first day of school. They certainly don't care about what their teacher is thinking or what their teacher's no. back families are all about or their backstory. They're just coming in with like their guard up and like, all right, I just want to get through this class and get to my friends. Like, what do I got? Well, and so, especially teaching middle school, middle school which, must be like which is what wild, I you know, like they're just like, I don't want nothing to do with you. I'm on my phone. You know, this, this woman could care less about me. So can you think of a, a story of where somebody, maybe a student just, you know, was putting their guard up. They maybe were quiet. They didn't really open up. Maybe they were getting bad grades and stuff. And you kind of, you know, were able to relate to them on a, you know, personal level that you, you think like just open them up, you know, to something. There's one in particular that I love to tell because I am a car lover. I, I love cars. I love exotic cars. And there was one student that I had one year and it was, we were getting into the school year and I had not found the connection. I was connecting with other kids in the classroom. I had kind of figured out what they liked, what they disliked, you know, what, what their triggers were, what excited them. And I just, for the life of me, could not figure this out. And it was getting frustrating. And so there was one day where he had finished his work and he pulled out a magazine and I happened to be just walking around the classroom and I walked by him and I looked down and I was like, Oh, a Bugatti Veyron love him!" And he lit up and he turned around. And he goes, you know what that is? I said, yes, I know what that is. And that was it. After that, we were fine because it, I met him on his level. I met on, you know, I understood what, excited him. And the fact that that also then could talk cars with him 
now we're on a level where he now trusts what I say. He says hi to me when he walks in the door, like not just, oh, there she is. That's so funny. And and that's all you had to say. You just kind of like, we're, we're short and sweet and kind of, you know, moved, moved out. And then did that lead to more conversations or that was just like, okay, you know, no, it definitely led to more conversations. Of course, anytime a new car magazine that he had, he would bring it to class. Um, so whenever he finishes work, he would come up to my desk and we would talk about him. Like we would talk about the new, whatever that came out. So, but it, but it also led to more connections within the class because that definitely put his guard down. His best friends were not in that particular you know, classroom period with him, but it allowed him to open up a little bit more because I had always known and heard that he was a more reserved kid. And so I was so thankful when I figured that out because now I got to see a side of him that it wasn't the wall. It was him. and. It definitely made his class participation better. Um, it made his, not his grades better. He was always a good student, but just the participation level, the wanting to be involved in yeah. conversation in the classroom and not just being like the wall, you know, flower just sitting there. Yeah, yeah. So, you know, can you think of like, um, I mean, you know, like, when, when you, you know, you have like these interactions with people and connecting in these like small things and it seems like it's natural to you. Like you don't like have to like really kind of struggle with it. It just kind of, you know, kind of is, is something that you, you do like in conversation. Um, like, are you kind of, are, are you being intentional about it? Like of, of what you do when you meet people for the first yes. time, you know? So I, I am intentional with it. I yeah. don't think for a long time in my life that I called it a skill. Yeah. I just knew that relationships came very easy to me. And it wasn't until somebody pointed out and said, you know, not everybody's like you. Like for some people, relationships and getting to know people is difficult. For me, it's not difficult at all. But I am intentional in trying to find something that I can connect with people on because I feel that my end goal is that, especially like in education or in my current role, is that you will listen to what I have to say. And so I, I feel that by finding those little connections, that my, my words go a lot farther so when I do say, I would suggest we do this, or I would suggest this is best practice because I've earned that trust from them. And because we've built that relationship, they're way more likely I feel to listen yeah. than if I was just coming in and not wanting to get to know them and not wanting that connection and just being very professional without any personal. Yeah. I'm always curious about this. Like, do you, um, were, were your parents both really good at this? Were like people in your family really good at this? Like, did you have a big family? I mean, you're, you're, you know, you, you're, you grew up, I, I don't know if you grew up in Texas or you grew up in I the did. South. Okay. So, you know, <laughs> can you not tell by the accent? <laughs> <laughs> I love it. You gotta, I gotta hear more y'alls, but you well, know, so yeah, how is, yeah. how is your family dynamic? And did you like see this without realizing it like if you look back you're like oh my gosh like I was surrounded by people that were just you know naturally good at this my sister is definitely much more reserved than I am oh wow um 
And my mom passed away when I was young. And so I don't really know what her personality really was. Um, My mom had a brain tumor and diagnosed when I was three. And so my mom was disabled until I was 11 when she passed away. So I don't know a lot of who she would have been um, prior to being paralyzed and, and such. My dad is a personable person. Um, he was always involved. Um, he was a meteorologist. He worked for the government. He, you know, attended church and was on several committees and worked with, you know, volunteered within the city and all of that. So I think that if I, that's where I was to get it, that part would be from my dad. My aunt was an educator and I always wanted to go to her class in the summers. I always wanted to spend time around her. Um, I had one other teacher in my childhood who I felt was very much like me in that area. She built relationships. And in fact, I still keep in touch with her to this day. And she was my fourth grade teacher. So I don't think I realized, though, the magnitude of what I do and how much I enjoy that I do it until I actually left education. Because as an educator, it was just I just thought that that's who I was. And it wasn't until I left education and entered the corporate world that I started realizing, oh, like I do this all the time. Like I knew in my personal life, that's one thing, but taking it outside of the context of education and being in the corporate realm, yes, I'm still teaching, teaching clients how to build web, you know, their platforms and such, but I didn't realize to the extent that I did it until I entered the corporate realm. Yeah. So, um, what, like, what did you do to kind of like, um, you know, kind of recognize it? Was it that other people were saying that like clients saying, Hey, you're, you're great to work with. Like, I really enjoy working with you. You're always like, you know, I just, you know, you make me feel comfortable or did you, you know, have managers notice it? Like, um, how did you managers, especially, yeah. Managers, especially I had one manager that told me, she said, I don't think you realize how, how different that is. She goes, cause we were talking about, um, just me and how I can build rapport with clients. And she said, Cindy, that's not easy for everybody. She said, it, it's difficult for a lot of people. And so that's when I thought, oh, okay. Because being in a classroom, yes, I have teacher friends and we're all in the same building, but I'm kind of sequestered to my yeah. classroom. Yeah. So yeah. how everybody else acts with their students, like I'm not watching that on a daily basis because I'm doing my own thing. Um, and it wasn't until really she pointed it out. And yes, I've had several clients that have said, oh my gosh, like, you know, we enjoy working with you. You make this so much fun. Um, we enjoy the interactions with you. You bring an energy level to the, to the meeting. Um, so that's, that's been neat. And I always love when I hear that because I do want people to be comfortable. Yeah. That's awesome. Well, let's talk a little bit about your role. So the reason why I kind of like say like a lot of people wouldn't, you know, say like, solutions deployment manager who is like, you know, their job is really to make someone, you know, trust that like what they purchased was the right thing. And they're, they're, they're really like helping them build a a software tool. And, you know, yes, are, are they, are they, do they have numbers and things like that? No, but you know, like, 
the beginning of any relationship is is the foundation you know if if that comes off and i'm sure you've seen like if if that connection isn't there and we're not vibing you know in the beginning like things can go south fast and and maybe you've seen that happen maybe there are people that you've tried to connect with like you said like that kid and you just haven't found it but it's not like you're you're like it just can't be found you're like there's got to be something you know there's got to be something so um you know, talk to me about a little bit about like, you know, if you can think of things like if you had to just like look back and on some of those times where, you know, people just laughed or in the beginning of calls, I I always just think like the beginning of calls, like so critical to bring energy and, and you do it well. So like, if you think of like things that you tend to do to kind of build rapport in the beginning, um, what are they? Because I think, I think on the other side, you know, people like, oh, like, how's it going? How's the weather? What's going on? And, and just kind of generic high level stuff, as opposed to like, you know, really, you know, kind of like getting more personal stuff out there. Maybe you share a personal story or something like that. And that allows people to share one back to you. But can you think of things that you like to do in the beginning of calls when you meet with people in your, your current role to, you know, kind of kick things off on a, on a, on a high note? Yeah, I think I always try to find something personal. So whether it's, and sometimes it's easier when you're working with a team of people and they're all kind of chatting, you know, waiting for the call to start and you can pick up information just from their interactions. So I always try to kind of like file little tidbits away about, oh, I'm going on vacation in two weeks or, you know, whatever the case may be. And so Then I can circle back to that and go, well, I hope you have a wonderful vacation or, you know, where are you going? Or, you know, because then they're like, oh, she's listening. She's like, it's not just, okay, let's get this started. Um, I also always enter, and I have always said this and I always will. I am not the most technical solution deployment manager we have on this team. I think I'm successful because I can teach. And I also think I'm successful because I can put the client at ease. And so me coming in and saying, especially for clients that have never had an L, you know, a learning management system before to come in and go, you know, they're nervous. They've been put up with this daunted task. And I'm like, if a seventh grade English teacher can do it, you can do it too. And we're going to do this together. And, you know, so trying to find humor in just some of the little daily meetings and, and even, even in emails, just, I mean, I use y'all, I'm not real formal as you can tell, (laughs) um, with my, with my verbiage sometimes. Um, but I think in all those little things, it's a lot of little things. It's not one giant thing. It's little things along the way. It's like the day that we do the kickoff and, that's the first time they really meet me. And, you know, I try to just be as real and human as possible. And if I mess up along the onboarding process, I own up to it. And I say, you know, forgive me, I was incorrect. Or, and that also shows that you're human and that you're not too above always having to be right. And so I think it's a lot of little things. Yeah. They build on each other. I feel like too. Mm -hmm. they, they, they're, it's not just one thing. Um, you know, I always see, you know, behind you, you have the, you're, you're sitting for those of you that are listening to this, you can't see, but Cindy's like sitting in front of a bunch of awesome crosses and like stuff in her background. And I always, always feel like 
you know, they, people have got to like, you know, kind of mention something, you know, even if like, they may be like, some people would be like, okay, you know, you shouldn't took religion and business and stuff like that. But like, if it's, you know, part of you, like, you know, subtle things, like, you know, you never know, like it could start conversations and it doesn't necessarily like some people, you, some people may think, oh, whoa, like, you know, I don't, you know, Cindy's like, uh, uh, you know, Bible banger over here, but, um, you know, but, you know, um, you don't do it. You, you, you kind of like uh, let people decide if they, you want to bring some, something up, like do people tend yes. to kind of mention it to you and, and how do those conversations go? I've had a few of those. Um, there's been a couple of times that I tried to kind of like blur my background, which really the crosses still like stick out. Um, and I've had some clients say, don't blur your background we like your gallery wall. And, and if I, if I push my computer back far enough, you can see there are pictures of my daughters and it's, so it's not just all crosses, but it does bring up conversations even, you know, with coworkers. And, but I like when clients will say, Oh, I love, you know, the, the cross on the far right of your, you know, of your display or whatever the case may be. So it does, it does. I think how do I say this? It is a part of who I am. It does help drive how I treat people. It does not make me perfect in any way. I'll be honest. I cuss like that's my worst deal. <laughs> um, a few coworkers have heard it, but I know that I'm also forgiven. And so it is just part of me. And most people are very, I've never had anybody who said, I don't want to see that. Please take that away. Like, so I'm very thankful for that, but I'm also very cognizant that it may not be for everybody. And if that were the case, I would definitely put up a, put up a different screen. I would put up a zoom background in order to make somebody comfortable because I don't want to make anybody uncomfortable. Cool. Yeah. I know you're, you're really thinking about that a lot. So, um, so, you know, talk to me a little bit about this. So you are somebody that, um, you know, they, they had a lot of success working with clients and kind of like their onboarding process. And then, you know, you, you, you work so well, but you said in the beginning, like, I think I work well because at the time, like I didn't have, you know, I wasn't working towards like a number, you know, it just came naturally. Like I, I lead first with this, creating this human connection always and leading with the essence of myself and trying to find, you know, to, to find that, that trust always. Um, and then now you're actually like, um, in September going to be, you know, congratulations, like transitioning to a new role where you're kind of, you are officially like on a a sales uh, side of the company where you're managing, you're still doing relationship and managing accounts, but it's less on the, you know, technical or the um, you right. know, kind of onboarding side and now more like more so, you know, on the renewals side of the business. And so you do have a number. So, you know, talk to me a little bit about why you think it, it doesn't matter that, you know, now like you're moving towards not having like a quote or a number to hit and now having that, you know, how that, that won't really matter, you know, in your approach of, of what you do, um, you know, each day. I don't think it's going to matter because I believe that by building those relationships and building that trust that, and and I'm not like, I'm not going into this, like with rose colored glasses, thinking this is going to be perfect because I know better, but I do think that people are more likely when I say, 
you know, look at this new product. I really think it could benefit your use case because I have spent the time to get to know them, get to know their use case, get to know their platform. They're going to be a lot more likely to listen, at least to let me plant the seed for them to think on it rather than just not listening at all. Because if I have done my job in the relationship department, then that's all, you know, it, at the end of the day, I think that that's what's more important. Yeah. Because if they say not right now, that's not no forever. Maybe the budget isn't right for right now. But that doesn't mean that, that it's against me. It's not something personal. That doesn't change my relationship with them. Yeah, yeah. I, I just think like you are such a great person for like a long-term relationship with somebody because like to your point, like that's, you can teach, I mean, I think, and you're certainly there are sales skills and things that you can teach and, you know, frameworks, right. That you're going to learn um, as you grow into this role. But like the harder thing to learn though, more is the innate thing, right. That is like, you know, like you, you said, it just came natural, but people said, Oh, you know, that's not easy for people. So, you know, it's that, um, Hey, like really like doing those little things, like, and some people may not, like, that's what people like may want to know. So like, you know, if you had to point like maybe just a handful of little things, you know, that you think like really kind of strengthen things. And they were just little things that you've done throughout like an onboarding process with somebody. Can you point or give, if, if you had like a takeaway of like little things that you've done that maybe people could think about, Hey, maybe I don't know if I'm awesome at this. And I want to just know like how to maybe do some little things with my clients and my relationships that maybe I'm not thinking about doing. What do you think you know, can you point to maybe like a handful of little things that you think, you know, really helped strengthen that, that, that bond or the connections with your clients? Mm-hmm. I think that one is being real. Yeah. Being humble and putting others before yourself. Because at the end of the day, me onboarding a client, it's about the client, but also being able to give grace because not everybody's going to have a perfect day and meeting people where they are. So we all have bad days. And so instead of taking something personal or jumping the gun or whatever, it's like taking a step back and saying, they may just be having a really bad day. Like, so, but I think in all of that, like truly just being humble and showing up as the real who you are. And I know that I'm not everybody's cup of tea. I have had a couple of clients that I didn't get great reviews on. And that's okay. That's okay. We just didn't jive. It didn't stop me from doing my best or continuing to try to reach out. It just wasn't a mesh. And I don't put myself down for that. Yeah. 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 I I like the one like, you know, uh, um, giving people grace. That's the first time I've heard it put like that uh, on the podcast. Cause a lot of times, you know, I mean, I'm sure you've dealt with like some people that were just like, you know, like maybe rude over email or just like, you know, they had an issue and they were just making demands that were like unreasonable, like to a point of like, um, I need, I need this fixed right away, um, you know, or else. And, you know, you're just kind of like, you know, it's really easy to be like, what are are they like, what are they thinking by writing this? Or they're blaming me for something that I had nothing like to do with, or like, 
And then you can get so defensive or just kind of ignore it and not get back and then just let it fester. But like, if you take things head on and just say, you know what, um, I'm going to like, you know, give them grace, forgive them. Maybe they're just having a bad day. Maybe something else had happened. I'm just going to show up as me always. And, you know, just do my very best. And like, that's all I can do. Um, it, that is like a, you know, a tough skill for people to have in the moment to kind of pause, you know, and I, and I do, I mean, I will take in those moments of heated emails, I will take and like reread my response, like three different yeah. times, <laughs> just to make sure I've taken out anything. Yeah. But I do think that always remembering that there's usually somebody above the person I'm working with, and they've yeah. got deadlines. And, you know, they have things that they have to check off their list. And, you know, management that's looking at why isn't this done? Or what's the deal or whatever. I try to over communicate. You know, if I have a client that I say, I'm going to be checking on this for you, usually by the end of the day, I send a qu- another quick email just saying, I'm still looking into this. I just wanted to give you a quick update. Have a that's wonderful awesome. evening. Those like, are huge. That's because a little I thing think that's that, a big thing. Yeah. yeah. Because I think that that de-escalates a lot of issues because it's not, oh, we're not hearing from her. It's I'm being honest that I'm still looking into this for you, but I just don't have the answer that you need yet. Yeah, totally agree. Uh, well, Cindy, like, is there anything that you can, um, you know, advice to, to other baby people that might be in a service role like this, or like a, like solutions deployment role that, you know, they're, they're thinking to themselves, maybe I didn't really realize I was in sales. Um, but, um, you know, here's some things like any advice that you would have for somebody that's maybe in a role like you were that didn't think that they were like, or that, that, that kind of like resists being, you know, thought of as a salesperson and they're like, no, I'm a support person, you know, um, what would you say to those people that might have that thing, a mindset? I think in some areas, sales is seen as like, not a negative, but a pushy. Yes. And we, we sell, like we sell our product. We sell our onboarding. We sell that platform. I I convince them every day, this is how you need to do it. This is going to be best for your use case. I am selling that onboarding process and what that platform can achieve for them. So even if you're not in a sales role, you're always trying to convince them that what they're doing is right and why. So I think that that's no different. I mean... We always have those. It's no different than the classroom trying to convince my students that this is why you need to learn this. Like, it's like a sales pitch. It's like, you know, if you do this, this is the outcome. So. Yeah. You do it in a very soft way because people hear the word convince and they're like, I hate that word. I'm not convincing you. Like, I don't have to push this on you, but it's your, your definition of convincing where I, you know, my, my style of convincing is, is, um, you know, asking questions, deep understanding of the person. So they reach that, you know, that, that conclusion on their own terms because of what you taught them or that, how yes. you, how you made them see a different perspective or how you trusted them. They're, they're, they're convinced because they feel confident again, that the yes. essence of that word, they feel confident in what you've, in the environment that you've set up in the, in the relationship and the, in the suggestion that you made because of, um, you know, how you've treated them. Right. So very much so. Yeah. Cindy, I love talking to you. I could talk to you forever. I'm going to kind of end off on our, our like final signature question. 
Um, and this is a fun question about you. So like, I, I'm, I'm just, I'm, I'm looking forward to what you're going to tell me. So if I had to, to tell, like, if I, I, I went to your family, your kids, you know, your loved ones, and I'm just like, you know, Cindy's great. What is just something that like could only and would only happen to Cindy? You know, only she would do this. It's just so totally Cindy. That's just so her. What would they tell me? Uh, I am a bit OCD in things. So sometimes when I get anxious, I clean. <laughs> so yes. when a big like when a big storm is coming through as they sometimes do in Texas if I know it's going to be really bad weather house. D- d- despite the fact my dad was a meteorologist and I know the radar I will clean to deal with it so I yes I have a clean house because sometimes when I'm overthinking things that's how I process through things I love it I love it well, I'm. A, you, I don't know if you have a clean house right now uh, before this podcast, but um, I do. <laughs> no, I love it. I love it. Well, you can. You know, your hubby can thank me later um, for for this. Oh, there's not one, so okay. it's just me who gets to live okay. amongst the clean. <laughs> okay. Well. Um. Well, you know, Cindy, <laughs> where can people find you after this, and you know, just kind of keep you know connected to you and and like learn from you. I am on LinkedIn. Um, oh my gosh. I think it's like, I don't know if it's my full name, Cindy. You can look for me, Cindy Bishop, C-Y-N-D-I yeah. awesome. Bishop. Um, but yeah, I would love to stay connected with people. I love making new connections. So those would be amazing. And Alex, thank you. Yeah, we'll put your information in the notes. You're a, a joy to talk to Perfect. as always. Thank you for doing this. Thank you. I enjoyed it. Hey gang, all right, wow, you made it to the end. I know your time is valuable, so thank you from the bottom of my heart for spending your time here with me. If you heard a quote you liked, got a quick bit of value, or you have an idea that can help convince others to join, I urge you to take a minute and leave a five-star rating and review. That helps us gain influence and bring some really great guests on to add even more value to you and others. You can also always contact me directly to tell me your thoughts. I'd love to hear from you. All my info is in the notes. Let's help convince anyone that they have the ability to sell well just by being great humans. And this podcast is proof. All right. See you on the next episode of Stories of Selling Human.